Well, welcome everybody to the Miles Driven with me, Miles, and and good morrow from myself, Sam. That is different, mate. That is <laughs> that's a different one. He's he's really trying with these. Fair play to you. I'm going to one. start delving into other languages soon. I think. Uh, yeah. I think maybe that's going to become a theme. I'm going to perfect hello in every language. How many languages? There's, there's like four. There's thousands of languages out there. Oh, I'm going to learn them all. All of them. Yep. Okay, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, especially to new listeners in like 15 or 20 podcasts when they're wondering, why is that guy speaking a completely different language? Yeah. And just for the word, and. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, well, Sam and I have had a colossal battle in the office over what we think the best electric car used to buy is. This is something we've debated no end and Sam has passionately given his opinion on, and he has passionately said he's not interested. So yeah, so the the the, the intense battle of ten minutes of scrolling on Auto Trader. Yes, desperately trying to me find me spending time. seven minutes of that on Twitter. Yes, doing other things, and then Miles saying, "Are you ready?" And then, and then he went and, and smashed my seven four seven model. I, I, I merely I merely nudged Miles's desk, and everything came raining down from the heavens. It was like, if you've ever watched uh, the England rugby team going up against New Zealand for a scrum, <laughs> my my desk was the poor New Zealand rugby team. Right, okay. And he came barreling in here. <laughs> um, anyway. I'm glad you got that off your chest. Do you feel better? I do. Good. I do. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've decided to pick used electric cars that you can buy because we're getting to a point where if you have got ten to £20,000 um possibly a bit less as we shall find out to spend on a used car and you have decided no i want to buy electric i i I don't care about range and all this sort of stuff and how much better things are getting Um, because someone has got to buy these used i mean i know technology is moving on quickly but something like a six or seven year old nissan leaf if no one buys it it was pointless to be created in the first place because a lot of them have only done 40 or so thousand miles so we tried to create a bit of a shortlist. Um, Sam has basically said that he is only really interested in hybrids um, if he has to be dragged into this conversation. <laughs> Sam said he wasn't bothered yes. about the conversation. Was told we need to we need to record a podcast. This is the theme that I've decided yes. we're doing. Research it, and then said, "Well, I'm just going to say a BMW i8," and I said, "It's not in budget." So um, then I had to go and find something different. Yes. But I have done a little bit, and I found two. So I so, found one for 20 and one for 10. Do you what want, have you done, Miles? Found one? Do you, no, I've, I've You've got Auto Trader open as we speak. Yeah, I've got a list <laughs> and I've got Auto Trader so I can go through loads of cars. But oh, Do you want to start then? <laughs> well, do you want to do your hybrids first or do you want me to do my electric cars first? I mean, I'll, let, let's get mine out of the way and then we can go on about stuff. What have you got? Passionate about. So for my £20,000, I went with a BMW 330e M Sport four-door. That's not about it. How much was that? £20,000. What's the mileage? 44,000. That's not bad. No, good choice. What's that? Is that that's a two litre turbo petrol. Mm-hmm. We'd say 200 ish horsepower, 240 horsepower, I think, actually. Yeah. Double check it. Or is it not skin? No, that was a screenshot. Okay. On auto um, trader for my cheap one. Yeah, and then and you've got a, a sort of hybrid boost. Yeah. And you can do 30 miles or so on, on electric. That's not bad. I, I actually I thought there would be more money than that. Do you remember what the year was? That uh, was a. I can tell you if you bear with me. Hang on one second. 2017. So it's a four-year-old BMW. Mm-hmm. That fits pretty much exactly where you'd 
kind of expect a used... That's if I'm being forced to buy one of these cars. Yes, okay, fair enough. So that was that one. Oh, well, you well. Can, I'm sure you can feel my passion through the airwaves, listeners. Um, so yeah, the second thing that I found, um, £9,999, £9, sorry, not 99 pounds. 99 pence, yeah, uh, a free ice cream cone. 2021 wow. Suzuki Swift. Six, oh. 600 miles on it, so it's basically brand new. Because all Suzukis are now hybrid, that's why they had to drop the... Yep. Uh, Vitara that was selling amazingly for them and they so decided not to. So effectively a brand new car for under £10,000 a hybrid got all the toys that you could possibly want on the car I mean yeah it's got reverse camera, sat nav bluetooth, DAB radio low mileage apparently being a 2021 car that's done 600 miles comes with a warranty Chimney, sorry, not the. I I completely messed up there. I said that's why I stopped selling the um, the other Suzuki thing, and I've realised no, it's the Suzuki Chimney that stopped selling because they didn't do a hybrid, and then they brought the Suzuki. So I know this is off topic, but they brought the Suzuki Chimney back as a commercial only. So to get around their own rules that they implemented, saying everything has to be a hybrid that Suzuki sell, they then said, but we really sold, you know, in good numbers the Chimney. Okay, put. a cage in the middle of it to separate the rear and the front and you can have two seats and it's a commercial and that's like the only one that suzuki will now sell you sorry go on Sam. this swift's got 83 ps so yeah. it might move yeah What's the, is that the total power yeah that's Engi- a, that's engine it. power 83 ps that's the engine does it, it give you any separate thing? no that's on the performance and economy well, what's so. the what's the not to 60 13.1 seconds in a hybrid I was just thinking I might advise my other half is looking to spend around that and buy a car to go and get one of these but I've changed my mind <laughs> having read the, the performance that is but slow if I'm being forced to buy something that's a brand new car for 10 grand yeah but that's I mean Miles, I'm buying a hybrid Suzuki Swift I don't care about a performance what's the MPG what's the average oh, where everything who else cares <laughs> running costs um MPG not even that good. Fifty nine. So it's less than what you can get from a used diesel saloon yeah. in some cars. Okay. Hundred and forty five pound um... tax as well. What? <laughs> Is this actually a hybrid? Yeah. Hundred and forty. I've got it set to only plug in hybrids. And it says on the advert that it's a hybrid. Um. No. No. I don't think you found... I don't think that is a hybrid. I think that's incorrectly listed. Oh, right, well, carry on. Okay, well, you, talk, you do talk. one of yours and I'll try and find another one. So once again, so is that the third podcast in a row where you've led our listeners down a short tunnel and then realised it's complete dead end? Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I did mention it just a second ago. Nissan Leaf, that's going to be the, the sort of first pick for a used car just because it got very well known. You can pick them up very cheaply um i'm not even specifically looking for them and you i can just find that you could pick up a hundred thousand mile um uh, nissan leaf sorry with six thousand mile uh, six for six thousand two hundred and ninety five pounds or you could pick one with half the mileage much newer so a 15 plate for ten thousand six hundred pounds uh, forty thousand miles on it i can't let's have a little look see if they tell me what the range is on the leaf because i i don't know it um Interestingly, all of these Suzuki Swifts are listed on Auto Trader, but none of them say that they're hybrids. 
So unless they are just all hybrids. I thought all new Suzuki's were hybrids, but right, so I'll stick with my ten thousand. Yeah, but pounds. that that seems insane. If you can hear my stomach rumbling, everyone, don't worry. I've had lunch. I don't know why. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it doesn't say on them, but it, it's set to hybrids and plug-in hybrids. So I'm sticking with it. Okay. Um, you heard it here first. Consumer facts. From the miles driven. What what I find odd though, Nissan. I mean, what was yours? You, so that was a two twenty twenty one hybrid. You could have a Nissan Leaf that's faster than that by a reasonable margin, eleven point nine seconds. Yeah, but the Swift's not a nicer looking car. The Leaf's well, not a great looking car, is it? But it is all electric. Yeah, I mean, look, but look at it. But I mean, all I'm paying for there is to charge it. I'm just paying for some electricity. You're, you've got to pay for servicing. Yeah, but else. I could look at my car and think, well, that's reasonable. Just I wouldn't look at a Nissan Leaf and go, whoa. Something we should pick up, actually, on this is that car companies are, I guess, through desperation, going along this line of you have to service an electric car. You have to service it, just like a normal car. You still need to bring it into us. But do you? I mean, you need to do what? So they're doing a uh, a battery evaluation, which means put it up on a ramp, flash a torch around it to make sure it's not got a hole in it. Yeah. Um, and then doing a diagnostic run on it, which really the the, the cars that are high, that are all electric are sophisticated enough to tell you that. Yeah. Um, they're checking your brakes and your tires. Well, you can do that yourself. And is done in an MOT anyway, yeah. but you could look at your own brakes. But they are saying, and they'll give you a stamp in the service book, but you're not getting, you'll get a new cabin filter. Again, that's not that difficult to change. So. Really isn't, no. On almost every car, yeah. that's, that's a very easy thing. But they're sort of insisting, no, no, if you buy an electric car, you need to have a full service history, just like you do with a normal car, if you want to sell it for the best money and everything else. So they're basically just desperately trying to claw back some money. Yeah, because this is the problem that, that I've said from the beginning, from a from from having worked in the motor trade mm. and having worked at a car dealership and knowing for the majority of car dealers, the service uh, the service centre from the mechanics to the people on the front desk through through upselling different services and through just you know having regular service work come through the door, that's what pays to keep the lights on. Yeah, that's what pays for the rent for the lights for all the costs associated with the dealer. The sales department are there to create the profit. So you just split it down the middle. The service department have to hit a target every month and their target is to make sure that we're not running at a loss. Yeah. Everything the sales department then make is profit. And that goes towards everyone's bonuses and all that other sort of stuff. But the they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot with electric cars. And I know people blither on about this and Look, electric cars are coming whether people like it or not. But it is a problem that for if you run a car dealership, and I know there's lots of people out there, again, who will say, well, I hate car dealerships. They're all full of this, that, and the other. Well, I've, I've got friends that work in it, so I'll defend them. But not every car salesman is a complete, you know, this, that, and the other. And actually, we used to have quite a lot of customers that come and see us, have a coffee. Mm. They had a relationship with the dealership. If they ever had a problem straight in and when they came to buy a new car from us we didn't give them a hard sell or anything else like that we we didn't do that with anyone to be fair so if the dealerships disappear what you get instead is the problems that have been highlighted by some tesla owners 
Yeah. And that's that when they've had a problem, they call up, they're sent to sort of a a small service, you know, tester approved centre. And these are not, you know, glass buildings where you get a nice coffee and everything else. It's more of just where, you know, you make Dave down the road. Um, not all of them are like that, but... No, but it doesn't take too much to become blank approved. No, it doesn't. Like, it really a doesn't. A lot of car garages are AA approved sellers now. Yeah, which means... It doesn't take, it doesn't take too much to become AA approved. No, it doesn't. Or like, you know, checker trade. It doesn't take too much all the time to become checker trade approved. Yes. In the, yeah. the, the bar gets set lower and lower the more these companies are out there. Because they want to because be... Because they want... Yeah. And so I understand, I understand 100% why the car dealers are saying, oh, no, 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 you need to be servicing yeah. that with us. But anyone with any sort of, any even minimal knowledge of cars will say, well, actually, what are you doing? Because there's the suspension, mm. the brakes, the tyres, all of those things are checked on an MOT. Admittedly, the brakes do not get a thorough check, but they have to be... Working. Yes. Um, and if you're that worried... Uh, quick fit or any of the big well they do free brake checks don't they? yeah only of the major so you, you, your annual service is really a free brake check that yeah. you're paying two or three hundred pounds for and this isn't to i'm not taking a swipe at the dealers by the way who are offering this i understand why they're doing it they're saying our costs haven't changed we still operate in the way we've always operated the manufacturers are not giving us more money but yeah. we're being pushed by governments and manufacturers are trying to follow that route to, to sell these cars and so when you're looking for used ones you'll see people say oh it's got a, a full service history or it's got no service history to me it, this is more and the same it, essentially it is i mean yeah okay you could say a used electric car with a full service history has definitely had a very vigilant owner because yeah, they've or, paid or you know that it's definitely not got anything wrong with it whereas one that's mm. got no service history but if you've got an issue with the battery pack, you're going to know that you've got an issue with the battery pack. Yeah, because the car will be saying it. Mm. And if they're a dodgy enough garage, if you buy your car from a dodgy enough garage who tries to cover that up by, you know, um, um, manipulating parts of the onboard computer system, yeah, then really, I would have thought other things would probably um, tell that they were a bit dodgy in the first place yeah, anyway. Exactly. It's the sort of place I would go to buy a car. So have you ever seen me shaking someone's hand to buy a car drive past the garage yeah. or the cellar yes at speed um but no i i just i wanted to bring that up well not at speed there might be a pedestrian crossing the road yes yeah so stop get out of the car run. have a good look around you <laughs> get a map out have yes. a good look um if, if anyone uh, if you listen to this you didn't quite get that joke then then listen to a previous podcast and you'll you'll understand it's why it's going to be a running theme now i think yes but Again, I just wanted to highlight that because I just think it's a bit odd when I've looked at some of these used car adverts to bring up in the podcast and, and some are saying full service history. I'm thinking, well, yes, you have proven that the battery is okay, but the car tells you that anyway. Mm -hmm. Yes, the brakes are okay. Well, you could take, if you're going to buy a car, you could have a look at the tyres yourself. I understand some people are completely not mechanically minded, but almost all garages that have some form of reputation or like we were saying, yeah. the AA sort of garages, they have to give a minimum of, you know, they'll check the tyres are, yeah. are not lower than X amount. If you go to a dealer, they'll make sure it's probably sort of three or four mil. Mm -hmm. Maybe your, your local back street will just make sure they're legal, but they will be legal. Yeah. Um, the brakes, take it for a drive. If it doesn't stop, 
<laughs> yeah. then don't buy yeah. it. You're on their insurance at the end of the day. So. Exactly. So I just think if, if we're coming out and then suspension, if it feels like it's wallowy, I mean, these are things that generally speaking, people don't get done on services anyway. No. They get advised of them on services. And um, we've had this uh, when the SEAT that my partner owns went into the SEAT dealer and they said, um, both rear shock absorbers are coming towards the end of their life. And I said, oh, yeah, the MOT, which it's just had, had uh, had highlighted that as well. I, I plan to do them in two weeks. And I bought a set of shock absorbers and we did them because it wasn't that big of a deal to do rear shock absorbers on that car. But there's no service history for that. No, yeah. and this is where I think a lot of things fall down. If people are buying a second-hand car and they see that it's not got service history, but the seller says, well, I do the servicing myself, people will walk away from the car. Yeah. But it's because there are so many people out there pretending they've done these things. Yeah, when you have happen. to be vigilant yourself. And... But it takes away from the old-fashioned, I will look after my own machinery, be it you know, man, woman, yeah. whoever. I'm not saying it's just men that would do it. But, you know, a bloke or, or a lady goes out and looks after their car, does a service on the driveway on a, a a weekend or whatever. Yeah. Why should that be punished? No. And I think this is the thing. I mean, you, you can probably counteract that by keeping all the receipts for the filters and all that stuff. But you can. But there's still the receipts. You know, it's, you we, could, there's nothing saying that you... Actually put them on the car. Actually put them on the car. Um, we will do a, a future podcast, which actually talks about some of the things to look out for when buying a used car because yeah i mean so we're as much as we joke about some of the absolute rubbish i've bought i've learnt my lessons of i used to just well well he says he has he says it every time he buys a car and then he goes out and i'll say you don't need to buy this one mate i know we've driven to the other side of wales for a thousand pound car (laughs) but you don't have to buy it you don't have to feel no no we're here now we might as well buy it and then on the way home you get a phone call i'm absolutely terrified driving this car but like we said, we're going to do a podcast on those. And I think we're going to try and link that in with when we've got some stuff maybe for the YouTube channel. Yeah. And we'll try and tie it in with, with launching the YouTube what, channel. What I would say is if you have no mechanical knowledge and you're going to buy a car privately and you are worried about the seller, you know, trying to mask a load of things, take, you can go on Amazon and you can buy sort of a, it's like a wand shaped torch, which is a long, thin yeah, light on any kind of mechanical torch whenever we have turned up so um this will be a story for another day mm. but do you remember we went to see a civic type r for yeah, you yeah we did and the seller's face when i said do you want to go and grab the torch then sam and he started talking to the chap so we do it mm-hmm. either you will look under a car if it's yeah. one i'm buying and i'll look under a car if one you're buying because it takes away it takes that. away the emotion doesn't it yes and the second usually the... the other person just wants to laugh and say well that's a waste of time yes <laughs> the, the second i got that torch out and walked towards the car in my hand, the seller's face dropped. Yeah, because all the lies that he'd been spouting. Were, were all of a sudden. I mean, he said something, and I say we'll bring this up in another, but he said something about the whole rear axle had, had been, been coated. Yeah, it had been rebuilt coated. and coated because it had come up on an MOT as... we um, coated in orange. Yeah, in, in a sort of rust colour. Yeah, the sort of, sort of thing that if you touched it, it sort of came away in your hand. <laughs> but, but you can judge very quickly, and you don't really have to know what you're looking for. Just no. flash that wand around the bottom of the car. But if, maybe we'll do that in one of the upcoming podcasts. Yes. The second-hand buying advice. Yeah, buying guide. It's, yeah. it's getting towards the sort of season where people think about maybe in the next few months buying getting a car. A car. So. Um, the used electric car that I would probably go for, and I suppose... Maybe the one you'd go for, because I think we've talked about these before, but the BMW i3. I don't really like it. Don't like it from what way? I just don't like the way it looks. 
Well, not okay. a big fan of the styling. As we know on this podcast, I am the styling guru, and you're yes. the, you're the tech specs that looks past the the styling. That one that you've got up there doesn't look too bad, in fairness. So I, I brought one up. It's white with the big alloys that you can get, um, black bonnet and blue it's the bits. Back. I'm not a big fan of the back. That sort of flat rear end of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's but... not bad. I mean, if I had to buy one, then yeah, it's it's one of the better looking of the futuristic electric car designs. I think the thing I like about them the most is that if you want one, so you're going to spend about £15,000, which I I think in some ways it's quite a lot of money. In other ways, it's not so much when you think of sort of a low mileage used car, what can you get? But not 67, just over seven seconds. So it's not bad. That's not great for an electric car, though, is it? No, but it's the generation of electric car it is. Yeah, I suppose. And that's the other thing is everyone's got so used to hearing Tesla figures. Well, Tesla... We know. No, I mean, I'd be down to expecting sort of six seconds. Yes, which is the other thing. Now, a lot of cars are six mm-hmm. seconds, but these early ones, they were trying to conserve as much energy as possible. Yeah, which is fair. Range was the issue. Um, the thing what that is I, the range on that? Sorry, I'll keep interrupting you. But do you know a rough range for them? I think it's about 150 miles. Okay. Depending so on whether you've got the range extender or not. Almost like the uh, the new electric minis. Which yes. they were selling on a TV competition recently, and they were boasting 140 miles range. And yeah, thinking, and you're well, thinking mm. you couldn't go and visit the in-laws and get home again without charging it. No, well, you could steal some of their electricity. Yeah, but then it's a bit of a hassle turning up. Yeah, right, do you mind if I just plug this in through your window? No, no, you didn't. No, they need to go and in. Uh, oh yeah, they need fit a, Yeah, they'd need a charging point charging at their point. house. That's a thousand pounds. So I have to call them up. A Although, couple of months before going, saying, yes. "Would you mind spending a thousand pounds so, so that I can, so that we can come visit you? Yeah, no, so I can use your electricity to yeah. charge my car. Yeah, because I'm that good of a you have to really hate your in-laws to have that. Well, they'd hate you, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I think that the thing I like about the i3 the most is actually you can have this range extender tank because I I get it that especially on this sort of generation, which was only something six years mm. old. Uh, this one particular one I'm looking at is seven years old. That there's gonna that you are going to sometimes struggle for range, and if you've got a little petrol engine that's giving you a bit extra top up, and you can carry a few liters of fuel, it is the difference between you thinking I can own this car, yeah, and worst comes to worst, go to a petrol station, put some petrol in it, mm-hmm. and get the last twenty miles home, or being stopped at the side of the road, desperately searching around for the nearest charge point. Yeah, interestingly, I heard an electrician talk about these charging wall box things. And uh, he was saying a way that he's sort of Jerry, he's got electric uh, plug-in hybrid. Mm-hmm. And he said um, the the one he's fitted has cost him 56 quid. Because <laughs> he, he's just sort of, he looked at the interior, the ins, innards of it, and he said, oh, it's, it's they're not complex at all. What right, they're doing okay. is not complex. So he just fitted, sort of jerry-rigged a few bits up. He said he wouldn't advise anyone to do it because he's an electrician. He yeah. knows what he did is safe. Yeah. Or put inverted commas, but he was charging his car off it just fine. But a thousand pounds seems like a bit of a money maker at the minute. Yeah. Um, for what's actually in there, I know you can apply to get your, you can apply to the council, can't you, to install one on near your street. where you live or on your yeah. street. But then you know who's to say that John from down the road won't turn up or and also and steal it for the evening if there's that's a couple of people turn up and you can't get around it to charge. And it depends on where you live as to how good your council is going to be about actually... Yeah, or where they install it. Yeah. You're going, to, you're going to be the, you know, for example, on my street, it's a reasonably, it's sort yeah, of a cul-de-sac tucked down the end of the village, isn't it? Yeah. So where would you put it in that street? 
Because it's a there's, dead end. There's, there's an area where the dog walkers on the left they park up. I yeah, suppose that's, that's not, not in the, your that's street. Not on the street then. No. So then you're not parking near your house. You're effectively parking on the main road. All right, it's a dead end, but it is the thoroughfare from the bottom to the top of the village. So, um, it's a good point, and I don't have an answer. Mm. Uh, one of the other ones going to bring up Renault Zoe, and if anyone remembers the Renault Zoe when it first came out, you had to lease the battery pack, but now. They, some of them have been paid off or bought. Right. And so you can, I'm just looking at one here, what's this, £10,000 for a 32,000-mile um, Zoe, which has a claimed range. And I'll I'll probably say I don't think it's going to do this at six years old, but a claim range of 150 miles. Nine hours to full charge. <sighs> Quick charge, 30 minutes to 80%. But I don't know, these figures seem... Very, very strange. But the fact that they're now sort of saying, oh, you, you'll own your battery on some of them just seems bizarre how they were starting. Seems odd that you can get to 80% in 30 minutes and then it's eight and a half hours to do the final 20%. <laughs> it's I think seems it's a bit odd. I think it's because on some of these older cars, they give you the figure off a plug and they also give you the figure off a charge point. Right, okay. Which is just bizarre. No one is plugging. No one is getting a socket. And you would. I would actually. Yeah. Well, where I live, <laughs> you'd, I'd have, I'd, you'd have a reel of extension leads. I'd be the hell of an extension lead, yeah. Um, Tesla, I suppose we should we should mention them. Thirty one thousand pounds will buy you a Model S with uh, sixty three thousand miles on it. Um, most people know a lot of things about Teslas. I really have to go and and tell you everything, but not sixty five and a half seconds um, range is going to be. Still pretty good, probably 250 miles or more, depending on how well the battery's been kept and how many times it's done a ludicrous mode launch. Um, <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Voxel Ampera. This was the car. I was actually in- excited to talk about the Voxel Ampera because everyone forgot it existed. So the, the Voxel Ampera had a 1.4 petrol engine on board and that charged the battery. So you filled it up like a regular car and then you drove around and if you ever drove above i think it was 55 miles an hour then you didn't have a choice the engine kicked in to help right and it so it had a direct drive but it would kick in to help the batteries if you went above 55 so you could do 40 miles per gallon from the 1.4 if you were ever doing 70 um not the fastest of cars but <laughs> as a as a first attempt you can buy them i think they're from 2012 now um as sort of a first attempt at the technology i know people say well you were still burning petrol and blah blah blah, but it it took you to a point where you could do 250 mile or claims 250 miles per gallon which was a huge leap at the time uh for the you know equivalent vehicles that were out there they are a bit hard to get hold of i i can find nine for sale on austria today but you know Eight to ten thousand pounds, a little bit more if you want a bit of a newer one. Um, I'm gonna pick one. What should I look at here? Ten thousand pounds, oh, eighty thousand miles. Okay, 1.4 positive auto. We're that, they're not the worst looking cars, but they do look like a Prius. Yeah, well, I think that was the generic shape when things started to come out, wasn't it? That was the yeah, I'm wondering the electric if, car shape. I think like that, maybe, maybe it's a little bit more like a insignia, yeah. Um but I just, I just think they're a little clever car to have. If you're, 
I know, yes, you're still burning petrol on board, but you could, you are driving an electric car, essentially. Well, it's um, effectively an it's an electric driven car. Yeah, it? It, it's twenty seven grams per kilometer of, hmm. of CO two, but it's um, you're you're kind of doing the hybrid the other way around. Yeah. So most hybrids worked. The yeah. the, the, the the engine electric helps the the, yeah. the the electric helps, whereas this is the the petrol engine just helps the electric and charges it for the rest of the time. Hmm. So I thought that was. I just think if if you're looking for a family sized vehicle, so there's no plug in with that then. Is there? There's no plug. No, you just go to the petrol station as you usually would. Put in you know a, a tank worth of fuel, and if you can get it, if if especially if you're just driving around cities and towns, um, then you'll spend a lot of the time with the battery, and you probably won't fill up for months on end. Yeah. Um, so I quite like that. If you are looking and maybe you're looking around, and you're thinking, oh, the BMW. You picked mm-hmm. Sam as a hybrid. It was a bit too expensive, but you, you're not quite ready for a plug-in. And I actually think this Ampera answered a question for a lot of countryside. Yes, people that sort yeah. of said, "Well, actually, I wouldn't mind getting on the country on the sorry on the electric car um, spectrum, but I just can't give up going to the petrol station." And if you said, "Well, actually, you you haven't got to do anything differently," yeah. But you'll get huge miles to the gallon because you can run on the electric for the majority of the time, and you can still be silent running for the you know for most mm-hmm. of your driving, and but you will have an onboard engine for when you do longer journeys. It just answers a lot of questions for me, um, and I think it's it's a little bit of a shame that no, they're, they're pretty much I think the Chevrolet Volt had a similar thing over in the okay. US, but really they were the only one. That, that offered this no one followed suit everyone went with the idea of the toyota prius setup because the prius did so well yeah um they weren't so interested in following gm's sort of um, brainchild yeah so yeah if you're looking you've got ten thousand pounds spent on a family car at, at least consider that one if you if you really are um set on electric now another one i thought this was quite funny you can buy what did I find? I showed you something, didn't I? There was this electric car that you can buy that is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an electric the, car it, as we know it. it. Yeah. And it was, it was £8,000. It's been pre-registered. It's a 2021, and it's called a Custom Vehicle Replica. A, a GOE, so G-O-E, Auto, Electric and Solar. Tough one, mate. I don't know. Go egotistical. Yes, that must be it. <laughs> um, the, funny enough, the pictures of this car that's for sale, it's like in someone's waiting room. Like, it's not in a car yeah, dealer. It's, it's, a, it's a carpeted waiting yeah. room. And they're obviously selling scooters and stuff in there. But this is really the old school way of, of cars. So you would buy this and you can do something like 40 miles, uh, 40 miles an hour in it. Maybe you'll get 100 miles. Um, and it will take eight hours to charge, but it's a brand new car. It's been pre-registered, so it's on a twenty-one plate, and it's eight thousand pounds. If you live in a dense city and you just want a vehicle, like this, must be as basic as you can go. I mean, it, it the interior is competing with, I'd say, two thousand and three Kias. Yeah. Or the original Dacia Sandero for equipment. Yes. And so it's really... It has some. <laughs> yes. It has steering wheel seats, 
and windows um, and air vents. Yeah. Has it got a radio? I don't know, can't really see. Looks like it might have a radio. Yeah. You probably can't turn it on because it will turn the range down. Uh, electric windows and the central locking are advertised as key features. Looks a bit like a day with Tiz. Yeah, it does look like they've sort of nicked a couple of designs. Or whatever Chevrolet rebranded it as. Yeah, and just sort of put it together. But that was an interesting car. £8,000. Okay, it's brand new and it won't do much. But if, if you are simply saying, I live in London and I'm either going to get the bus yeah. or pay for the underground, because this, I imagine you could charge it and park it for nearly free everywhere. You certainly won't pay any congestion charge for now um, or any other the fees of, uh, of driving around London. So if it's, I've got to buy an underground ticket every single day, get on the underground with 500 people on a train. You love the underground, man. You're a big champion of the underground. No one fits on the underground. It's the the normal, trains are, normal people. The trains aren't tall enough. Normal people fit on the underground. I think it's an absolutely ingenious invention. No, it's and a massive. Well, it was a very good solution to man's problem of travelling around London. Until the Renault Twizzy came along. Yeah, and then we all still got on the train. <laughs> yes. Renault Twizzies, you can buy now six, seven thousand pounds. I think you can probably grab one for a bit cheaper. Um, they are still. Not quite, I would say, a car. I think Definitely not. I think it's they not can... doors. Well, but do you need doors? When it's raining, yes. Why? Because when it's raining, you get a lot of spray and you'll turn up very wet. So what no, I don't it's... like to do is wear a wetsuit to where I'm going. But it has um, sort of F1 style wheel caps that cover it. Com- the front wheels well, completely. Well, that when you drive past a lorry. Well, wait a minute, or, or in reality, when a lorry drives past you. No, but you're so skinny, you could be on the other the, side of your lane. But the spray covers the whole carriageway, usually, on a motorway. Okay, but it, it never rains in the UK. No, we, that's we, true. We're yeah. essentially, it's, it's Dubai, us, Abu Dhabi, and Sahara us. and Death Valley. Yeah, so we wouldn't have an issue, really. I no, mean, maybe... Great aircon. Amazing. You, uh, what about in the winter when it's cold? It doesn't get cold here. <laughs> It's a balmy 10 degrees today, and it's prob- that's probably the coldest it's ever been. <laughs> Certainly didn't go out shivering yet last night to go to the gym. Um, I'm trying to think what... Oh, MG have rebranded. If you want to stick in the budget of, say, ten to £20,000, and you want something that's quite new, because you will get... Is this MG's people carrier that we're looking at here? Because I know oh. someone that's just bought one of those. My fiance's other half. Uh, other half? My fiance's best friend's just bought... The MG. Your fiance's actual other half, yeah. which she hasn't told you about. <laughs> which one are you looking at? The, is this the MG here? This one. We'll tell Sam not to get too close to the microphone, don't worry, guys. I know he's probably deafening you all with his leaning over. <laughs> um, five seats. Yeah, that's what she should have said. Yes. Ooh, okay. Um, I was suggesting it more as. I suppose, actually, you know what? I've been unkind there. If you want an electric car for £20,000-ish, what else would you buy? It might not be that. It might be another one. I don't know how many models MG are offering. Uh, they do this and they do a hatchback. Oh, so it's that then. Yeah, oh, it's definitely that. It's that instead of the Kona. I this is the thing that's been looked at. Uh, for So it's a MG ZS. Um, for you, those of you listening, you can check that out. If you want to, when you've got a minute. Um, I'm not... The thing is, 
I quite like MG. Not least because it's my initials. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I don't really like... I know the Chinese bought them and then they sort of repackaged them and they're trying to sort of sell them on the idea of their kind of a English Chinese or British I should say sorry Chinese brand and they they're not they don't want them to be seen as just a British brand anymore they yeah. also don't want them to be seen as just a Chinese brand they want them to use some of the heritage and they're really not doing anything particularly different to any other I mean they're probably built a little bit better but 163 miles of range um that's a hybrid though that one isn't it no they don't no. do a hybrid though mg's are electric oh okay so yeah 163 well they'll, they'll claim 163 miles let's say 150 um quick charge must be incorrect on the figures because it reckons six and a half hours let's just say half an hour because it seems like a lot of them will be sort of half an hour will get you to up to it a certain percentage full charge 14 hours i'm not going to linger on charging times because too many people do that but you know zero tax um zero costs for going anywhere in that eight and a half seconds of the naught 62 time I, I just think the problem for me is this is a newer electric car than the other ones that we've brought up and i'm not sure that this is actually worth if you were buying a newer one, you'd expect the technology to be a lot. Well, I want the range to be nearer to three hundred. But for a, I mean, this is one we're looking for at here is a seventy-one place. So yeah. This is a twenty twenty-one. And what I wouldn't want is the range to be what you already got in other old electric cars. Yeah, um, I'm a bit surprised by that actually because the, it's not like with the Nissan Leaf and the i three where you really are sort of saying to people, look, if you live in a city, this is great. Yeah, and you could sort of charge up along motorways in half an hour anyway. So don't worry so much for that occasional trip yeah. that you do do out of the city. But this is being sold as a family well, yeah. well, SUV. What, what if I wanted to drive to, if we were going to Scotland? You'd stop or three the late, times. Or the Lake District. Yeah, well, and this is the problem. I, I'd want to be able to do at least the journey there on a charge. Charge yeah. it while I'm there, use it, charge it, come back. And this is it, it, this gets brought up a lot, and people say, "Oh, well, how often do you do that?" And blah blah. blah. Well, the fact of the matter is, the whole point of a car, when you're seventeen, eighteen, twenty, thirty, however you are, when you get your license, it gives you this just it's freedom, isn't it? it? This absolute freedom. I can now go wherever I want to go, whenever I want to well, go. You can't. I can't because I haven't got a car at the moment. Yeah, um, but it. It gives you this sudden, especially when you're a teenager. Yeah. Suddenly, someone says, "Oh, you can have this, and you can you can drive off wherever you want." To to limit that in any way, that to me is where you it gets to be a little bit difficult. And people say, "Oh, it's fine. You can just charge up, have a coffee. Who wants to do a two hundred mile journey without a stop?" I do get well, that. Some people do. But yeah, on the, on the first part, some people do. And the bigger issue to me still is. How many people have their car charged up to a hundred percent, ready to go? How you know, mm. especially if you you live somewhere just outside of London, and usually you do a commute. For example, you live just outside of Manchester, for example, you usually do a commute, and then someone says, "Oh, do you want to you know go over to so and so? It's fifty miles from here." 
no, and you're thinking, I can't. I've got to charge oh, the car. I actually haven't got 50 miles of range on the car. I'll let me or, or give me 20 minutes and I'll charge yeah, up. Otherwise, I, I could just go to the petrol station, fill up, and or you'll just have petrol there. in or the car. Have petrol in yeah. the car, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not us just trying to poke holes and and be pejorative about um, electric cars, sort of saying nice things when actually we mean the different. It's not that at all. It's it's just. 300 miles is really where I would expect us to be by now. Yeah. Um, Vauxhall Corsa, you can buy, I think this is expensive, but £20,000, you can buy a Vauxhall Corsa with 23,000 miles on it, 210 miles claimed range. I don't think it's quick. I'll double check, but I think it's going to be like a nine second. No, seven and a half. That's not bad, actually. I'll give it that. Yeah, but it's only got 200 miles of range claimed. The, the only it's thing I, still not enough. The only thing I'll give it is that because it's a small car, at least the people buying it are probably looking at it more as a city runaround. At least I'd hope they are. The, the, my, my particular issue sticks with anything that's a saloon, an SUV. Because yeah. if you're four up, yeah. you're going to get worse range anyway, mm-hmm. just like you get worse fuel economy. But how many people own small cars? A lot. Yeah, that's that's a huge, yeah. huge chunk of market. Miles. It's not Sam's favourite here. Electric Mini, twenty five thousand oh. pounds, and the range is one hundred and forty miles, and that's what they claim. So it's more going to be like one hundred and twenty, one hundred and thirty. These these claimed mileages uh, ranges are if you're doing perfect driving. Yeah, if it's not too cold, it's not too hot. And perfect sort of... peak driving conditions. You keep it you're not going right up too RPM, many hills. Right speed, flat surfaces. Yeah, Sam, forget about the price of this for a second. What do we think? Of... I think it's a really cool-looking car. Yeah, I was going to agree yeah. with you. I, I, so we've said this before we've introduced it. The Honda E, um, which is their sort of retro-looking car, I'd, I'd advise anyone go and have a quick look at it's it. It's really cool. I don't think I've got any pictures up on the milesdriven.com, but you can go and check out the milesdriven.com anyway before Sam goes. And... Late one. <laughs> um and I don't think there's any on the Miles Driven Instagram page either. So really, you should put one on the Facebook page. I should, because that doesn't get us any trouble with buzzers. Yes. Um, but I, I think this is a great-looking car. Now, from a point of view of, is it a great car? Well, it's £29,000 for a 2021. I'm just having a, I just found one on Autotrader just to start. What do you think? Can you see what the range is from I there? I can't, no. Guess. Guess um, it's a small city car and it's nearly thirty thousand pounds. One hundred and twenty. Oh, you're close. One hundred and thirty-one yeah. claimed. It's not good enough. It's just not for for twenty. Do uh, you know what? Put really? an engine in that and I'd buy it. <laughs> do you know what the odd thing is? If they sold that with a one-liter three-cylinder engine, I think they'd do really, really well. I'd buy one. Yeah, it's just it, it just it looks great. Mm. The styling is great. The the look on the road. I saw one of these just the other week. Um, they, they they stand out a little bit. In, I drive past one every time I come to see you, actually. Okay. The route I take. Yeah. They are a very nice looking car. I just Interior, uh, exterior, it just needs an engine in it. For the, for the market they're going for, which would be, say, people who had sort of been previously buying Fiat 500s, Volkswagen Polos, the sort of stylish or minis, stylish type car. I think that Honda could have been in that, yeah, that little... Definitely. If they'd had this, but the, there's two problems with it. A, £29,000, who are you selling it to? 
Well, just rich people that have got more money than sense. Or yeah. well off people but, that have got more money than sense. To me, that looks like a young person's car. It does. The, only issue, I, the only issue I have with it is just it doesn't have um, wing mirrors. No, it it's has screens. Yeah, which in I'm the... not a massive fan of those. But No, but, you know. It's an interesting dashboard, though. It's just all screens. It's just screens. Screens, screens, it's screens. It's very, um, very Japanese, isn't it? It is. And, you know, even this material on the seats, which is recycled in some way. I, I want to get onto this, actually. I don't know if, if we'll do it quickly in this podcast. Have you seen that manufacturers are trying to get away from leather now? Yes, they're trying, they're all trying to go with substitutes. Vegan leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I think that's how... I, I can't... I, honestly, if I went to buy a car and someone said, oh, we've put fake leather in it for you, sir, I'd be like, but people, the cows have been killed anyway. You know, yeah, the, the whole point of leather is that it's a byproduct. Now, I understand if someone is a vegan, yeah, yeah, that they want it man-made. Well, that's fine. Give them the option, and it can be a free cost option. But don't. Uh, I, I would actually prefer, especially because I generally would keep a car for quite a long time, or I would buy a very old used car. The man-made stuff. I've seen it in ten-year-old Mercedes that they had what we used to joke in the most trade was called pleather. Yeah, it was. Shocking after 10 years. I know, I'm sure there's better materials now, but this whole thing of we're going to do this, it seems to me, if it's a byproduct, if yeah, they are killing cows solely for the leather, it's then It's how yes. they get the people that don't do their research on board, though. The people yeah. that just blindly go, it's animal cruelty. Yeah, but the, anim- the animal's already been killed, like you say. So, but yes, don't care. The animal wouldn't be killed if we didn't need leather. But, but for me, where, where's the environmental... The environmental side of it is, if the cow has been killed and people have eaten it, and now we have something we can make into seats. Isn't that better? We now do not have to create that raw material in a factory and pump out. Yeah, but like I say, it's not being thought about, is it? It's just right. a, it's an immediate knee jerk. Yeah. We can sell it, and people we, say yes. We'll, pro- we'll bring this up probably in another one. And I know some motion journalists are really on board with this, and they're pushing for it. And I just think if it's an option, I completely get it. I think we should have options and choices because people are different. Yeah. And people want options and choices, but to just say, well, everyone will just be happy to have fake leather. Yeah, that's not necessarily it's true. It's just ridiculous. I would rather have real leather. Mm-hmm. And as unless you said to me, sir, we're going to go and murder a cow and it's just going to be dead. I, well, no, I don't want you to just kill a cow for the sake of my seats. I assumed you were going to you know, get it as a byproduct. Oh, we can do that. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. That's what you've been doing for the last few decades. I understand there's a few luxury manufacturers that... They kill bulls and yeah, they have specific cows, don't they, for certain leather? But we're talking about low production. Yeah, yeah, and these people are still—they're not going to buy vegan leather. No, you know, people who have bought a three hundred gram Bentley are still getting a, a rare bull hide from somewhere. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. Sorry if you're um, upset about that, but I—I I, I just don't get it. I think let's um, let's try and give people options, and instead of just trying to man make everything just for the sake of it sounding good, you know. Um, yeah, I like this car, but I just this needs to be about sixteen to eighteen thousand pounds with a one liter little turbo petrol in it, or yeah, something definitely. like that. And I think they would sell these really, really well. And then bring a you know an electric version to it, but just an electric car, thirty thousand yeah. pounds. You, I mean, and we're talking used. Sorry here, you know, twenty nine thousand. That's for a it's done two and a half thousand miles, so even more, and it's brand new. Mm. Sorry, Honda, you you had me there for a minute, and no, no, I'm not not on board with that one. Any other electric car, Sam, that you're particularly excited to talk about used? We're not talking about new cars here. We're looking for no. 
Um, I suppose the only other thing we should probably mention, Volkswagen Golf, you can buy a Mark 7, Mark 7 Volkswagen Golf as a fully electric car. Um, nearly What's the two, range on that? 186 miles. It's still not good enough, is it? 23 grand. Um, but if you just want to have a Golf, yeah, because you've always doing, had a Golf. If you're just doing an easy run, like you said, it's, it might work. You could use it for the week and charge it at the weekend. Then that's fine. If that's what you're looking for, that's great. I, I want a car that I can, that I know I can take on a long journey if I need to. I'm just wondering how much a, an ID3 is used. They're nice cars. I like the look of those. Uh, yeah, I quite like the look of the ID3 as well, actually. It's a very good looking car. Uh, but again, what's the range on those? It's going to be better because they're built on that platform. Let's have a little look. What's the cheapest I can find? Oh, you could actually buy a brand new one for £29,000 from Robinson's Volkswagen Norwich. Huh? For a base spec ID3, mm. this is one of those ones where there's like a deal advertised, but there's no way in in history at the minute. Two hundred sixteen miles. That is that's a base spec. Okay, it's getting better. Let's see if you spent thirty three thousand on a used. Uh, which one's got the higher battery? Yeah, you'd want the top of the range one because it comes with the alloys as well. So, I'm trying to get the pictures up. To see if this is a. No, that's not that's not a top one, is it? Here we go. This is thirty three thousand pounds. So that's the one that's first edition. Yeah, it's got the nicer alloys. It looks quite good. Two hundred and sixty miles range on one of those. Okay, thirty. That's that's about where I think I'd want to be, but on the sort of lower spec ones. Yeah. But you know, two hundred and sixty, you could do a reasonable. Two hundred sixty is okay. Yeah. Yeah. It'll get as long as it. Does pretty much. Let's say it does two thirty in yeah. reality. I think that's okay, um, and you haven't got to worry about charging it every single night. You can you can yeah, do a week's can, worth yeah. of driving and yeah. Um, but also, I think the stats are pretty good on these ID threes. I remember we had a quick look previously um, as to what they run. Say like a naught sixty, so not sixty seven point three seconds. It's not bad. Perfectly fine. Yeah. I, for most people, they don't want to go faster than that because yeah. you start to get shoved in the back of your seat pretty hard. Um, because of the, the torque on these things. And yeah, you can get what 80% in half an hour if you and you could go and charge it for free at a Volkswagen charge when you do your shopping at well if you go to Tesco. So <laughs> 30 but 34,000 pounds. Quite I suppose the current Golf GTI is the same money. So it's it's whether you know you're you're, you're two different markets I suppose. You could certainly buy a Golf base spec, a year old, for say 22, 23, maybe a nicer one for 24, 25. So it's still quite a bit of money that you're paying out. We didn't really want to go to this end of the budget because I just think, well, over 30,000, I expect it. Yeah, you're sort of getting out of the what we'd say would be the, the budget for the. I was hoping between 10 and 20, we'd yeah. find something for your average buyer to say, look, you may, maybe you haven't got the biggest budget in the world, but you do want to go electric. Well, this. And the, the two that I can, I mean, ID3, mm -hmm. if you want a hatchback. I know you're you know, not, not a big fan of the looks, but from the point of view of like the ID3. Else, sorry, not the ID3. The, the, the I3. Sorry, not the ID3. The i3. The i3. BMW i3, because you can get one between 10 and 20,000 pounds. Not bad range, not brilliant range, but you can have a range extender, uh, extender yeah. or petrol engine in it if you want. Um, Vauxhall Ampera, 
<laughs> I just think that's a bit of a stand up. the car. £10,000, yeah, you put petrol in it. Well, you know what? You run around on electric most of the time. And you've got a saloon car that, for the most most for the most part, is running on, around silently. Um, we didn't give uh, any mention to the Toyota Mirai, which we wanted to mention because it's hydrogen-powered. But honestly, there's two for sale in the country. Yeah. They're a lot of money. And I, 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 as much as I quite like the idea of hydrogen at the moment, it's even further behind the yeah, charging where, network. Where you, so. Yeah, so where are you going to get the fuel from? So I think... Unless, Sam, you've got anything... Well, actually, I think our top tip... Our top tip would be the BMW 330e. Yeah, I think that's so. the, Because I know it's not so fully, no. fully electric, but that... You get the best of both worlds. Best yeah. of both worlds with that yeah. one, don't you? That's the one... If you had... What was it price-wise, did you find? 20,000? Uh, 20, yeah, 20. So if you've got £20,000 to spend on a used car, probably it's not quite time to go both feet in first on electric. No. Um, if you really have to or really want to, BMW i3 is kind of the car that I'm going to sort of just sit and suggest. You can get one of the older Golfs with a bit of mileage, but um, when you when you start going larger, then that's a bit of a problem. The Ampera might be worth a consideration, um, even though Sam's laughing at me for saying it. And if you are saying, well, actually, I just want to be able to go around silently sometimes and do the short chips on electric, BMW 330e. Well, that's two BMWs. We can't do that. Name another car. Well, I'd put the ID3 in there. That's too much money. Yeah. Well, there is one. <laughs> <laughs> Sam was enthusiastic coming into this podcast. His enthusiasm has waned from minute one to now. Um, there's got to be something. There's got to be something I can quickly suggest. Yeah, you can have an e-golf, but it's not going to have the range, is it? Oh, it's going to have like 150 miles range. Um... I can't believe he was on this whole podcast and I didn't actually find anything in the end. I thought I'd have a, a really good suggestion for you all, but we, we're probably just a little bit too far away from family-sized... Yeah, I think so. ...used in the bracket of ten to 20000 I know there's Teslas and all that sort of stuff that you can buy for more money than that, but if we're looking for something in a modest, more modest budget, I still think ten to twenty is, is quite a lot I think for so, some people yeah. to spend on a car, but... Um, Let's have a quick look at this Hyundai here. Can it save the day? 174 miles range for 18 grand. It cannot. So there you go. Top Thank tip, BMW of the way forwards. Thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, we shall catch you in the next one. I don't think there's anything more to say on this one. I don't think so. Apart from check out the Facebook page. Check out the Facebook, which is The Miles Driven. Yep. Check out The Miles Driven Instagram. Make sure you're subscribed onto this podcast. Yep. And don't forget about themilesdriven.com. And... Uh, have a great day, everyone. We shall see you in the next one. Cheers, guys.